You're listening to Equipped, the podcast that turns gaming concepts into life lessons. I'm your host, Isa Gonzalez, and each week, I'll show you different ways you can clear quests, fight boss battles, and level up, not only in-game, but also in real life. What's up, you guys? We are back with another episode of Beyond Gaming. And today, I'm really excited to introduce our guest for the week. His name is Scott Somerville, and he is a business owner, and he is also one of the hosts of the podcast called The Millennials Almanac. And so, hi there, Scott. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you as well, my friend. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and like just a quick backstory to give the listeners some context. Scott is one of the first people that also invited me uh, for a collab when I was first starting out. And it's just been such a blast to meet more people in the podcasting space. And I'm really grateful um, to have met you, Scott. And so thank you. It's kind of nice to be on the other side now. Like I'll I'll be the one interviewing you. And so I think it's going to be pretty interesting. (laughs) No, it's kind of weird, right? I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) the tables have turned (laughs) indeed and so today like i'm really curious because today's topic is going to revolve all around questing because you told me in the past that you were a businessman well you are a businessman and you said that you like to joke around with your friends about like the whole self-employment lifestyle and so I mean, this is a gaming podcast at its core. So I'm just really curious, like, do you happen to have any favorite gaming genres or any fond memories when it comes to gaming? Oh, my goodness. Um, Yes. The answer is very much yes. I mean, I love JRPGs, like the whole Final Fantasy series. Yeah. Uh, I would say my favorite game of all time is... Okay, there, there's a few. The ultimate favorite is Final Fantasy Tactics, if you've ever played that one. No. Oh, well, definitely check it out. It's from the 90s. Uh, definitely vibes with your artwork, by the way. Like, your profile picture on Discord looks like what one <laughs> of the characters in Final Fantasy Tactics would look like. A very immersive story. You know, I played it as a kid, and... It's it you know people think back and they they think back to like these experiences they had as children that affected them. I think back and I'm like remembering playing Final Fantasy Tactics and like Final Fantasy Nine and how those stories influenced my life and whatnot. Um, and then and then I'd say later in life, another favorite game I have is the Mass Effect trilogy, the original one. Mm-hmm. Have you played that before? I haven't, but I've heard of it a bunch of times. And so I think it is a good game (laughs) just by everything that everyone shares. Yeah. And really, for me, games, they they tell a story. Uh, There's definitely competitive aspects. Like I used to play a ton of Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare 2. Um, Let's see. I've also played ridiculous amounts of World of Warcraft, <laughs> uh, like a ton of I would say like months of my life. If I if I did slash played, it would be like, you know, 11 months played or something ridiculous like that on my on my priest. Uh, so, yeah, they're like I'm a big RPG guy, but I love old school JRPGs from like the 90s and early 2000s and stuff. It's awesome. Like, what is it about JRPGs that um, caught your eye or why is it so appealing to you? 
You know, I could sit here and say that it's because I just was introduced to them at a young age, but I really think that it's because it incorporates a lot of those components I was just talking about. Like, usually they have really immersive stories, and it's not just a story that's the story for the story's sake. Like, there's a character who goes through some struggle, he learns about himself, or she learns about themselves, and there's a a moral to the story. There's something you're learning from playing the game itself. It's just like a, it's like reading an audiobook, but you're like playing through the audiobook at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like an interactive storyline that you, you sort of get to be a part of. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it allows you to, at least me as a kid, you know, I was kind of a nerd and it allowed me to kind of experience these different relationships or different aspects of existence that I maybe wasn't seeing in real life uh, or wasn't really getting to explore those things. I mean, I'm thinking about the, I mean, really like existential questions and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I know, I know we're not really getting super deep, but what like the meaning of existence is and death and, and relationships and like how you relate to family and friends and all this stuff. There's a lot of good messaging in those in those older RPGs. Was that something that uh, you noticed ever since you were a kid growing up? Or did it take some time until you reached like your teenager years or your young adult years before you started noticing them? It definitely was much later in life before I realized that that was what I enjoyed about it or uh, that those messages were in there. I definitely remember, too, when I was in probably I was like a junior in high school, maybe. Well, yeah, around junior year of high school, going through like those angsty hormonal changes and and going through like teenage depression and whatnot. I remember like completing Final Fantasy IX during that period and reading The Hobbit at the same time. And for some reason that that like time period is solidified in my memory I forget a whole bunch of stuff but i remember completing final fantasy 9 i remember vivi and his you know sorrow over his uh basically in the story vivi is this mage and uh, spoilers if you're gonna play final fantasy 9 spoiler alert uh but vivi learns that his time on earth is finite and he only has like a year left to live and just remembering empathizing with Vivi and and realizing that, you know, that that's what gives life meaning is there's this end point to it. Uh, that, that was like a, a heavy lesson to learn as a as a young adult, but it was learned from Final Fantasy nine. It's just it, it's interesting to look back and think about the all the lessons that were learned from playing Square Enix games. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, it's not every day that you you get to learn about or at least you get to address that specific topic like dealing with death and or how you how you view it and the fact that you got to learn it because of, you know, how you played Final Fantasy and it might have happened like later on as you grew older, but at the same time, like there's so many hidden messages in these games that we play. And if we just try to pay attention just a little bit more, um, it's it's kind of amazing that we get to learn it from these video games, right? And so after everything that you just shared, like how do you think gaming has shaped you, if I may, into the Scott that you are today? 
Well, I'm, I mean, it's probably shaped me in a ton of ways. Like I am a huge gamer. It's only recently where I've been kind of focusing that uh, energy into running businesses and whatnot. But I'm also a tabletop gamer, like Warhammer 40k. And uh, I'm not a big Dungeons and Dragons player, but Kill Team and Warhammer 40k. I'm getting back into it. But as a kid, I played the crap out of uh, Warhammer 40k. Uh, and there's there's a plethora of novels that go along with Warhammer 40k. There's something called the Black Library. And there's probably like 10,000 novels. Anyway, uh, the reason I bring this up is right off the bat, gaming kept me out of being more of a criminal uh like it it kept me from doing things that may have led to a different version of scott where you know maybe i got into drugs or something like that you know where i grew up it wasn't like the worst area of town but it also there wasn't like a ton of prospects so kids tended to do like stupid crap and and really right off the bat having an outlet or something to do that kept me away from making those bad decisions was pivotal. I always attribute Warhammer 40k to like making me a nerd in my earlier years instead of allowing me to be, you know, I really like motorcycles and stuff and just, you know, it could have, my life could have gone a lot differently. Uh, so, so I'm really thankful that I, I got gaming in early for that reason. The other thing that, that gaming really showed me was that there's a lot of different avenues to existence. Like you can put different hats on, you can make different choices, you can become a different person if you want to. And that back to Final Fantasy IX and tactics, the, like I think that was a subtle lesson that was learned there. Every time you play tactics, for example, it's a different game. Obviously, the story is going to remain the same, but you really have full creativity on what classes you play like how you actually play through the story. And and really the third component is learning strategy because I also love strategy games. Uh, Dawn of War 2, StarCraft. Yeah, Dawn of War 2 is amazing if you like real-time strategy, by the way. Uh, War, Warcraft 3 was another one that I played competitively. But seeing that there's this process to life where you've got to plan ahead. You have to be several steps ahead. You have to consider what your opponent is thinking. Um, all of these are very subtle lessons that I would say gaming taught me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like just the fact that um, relating it to the second point that you made about wearing different hats or the fact that you can, you can want to be a better version of yourself or if there's something that you want to improve, if there's something that you want to change or if there's a, a different skill set that you want to improve, you can do that. And similar to video games, like there's always going to come a point wherein we have to approach things as strategically as we can. And like what Scott said, being a few steps ahead, that is a huge advantage. Even though, yeah, we live in a world with so much uncertainty, like being prepared, like goes a long way and strategy plays into that. And it's really amazing that you got to pick these lessons up through gaming and you mentioned that you have a business could you like tell us more about the business that you're now you know handling definitely I, and as you're talking there was one other thing that that was super important that that gaming really showed me and that is that you don't have to suck like you don't 
and and this this comes up i'm thinking about my call of duty days and i also played diablo 2 a lot right and in both games i mean in in call of duty i would just get my behind handed to me over and over and i would <laughs> it was almost like i would just get on there i'd join a match and i'd play and then i'm like oh well, i'm just bad at this game and and this click happened where i was like oh well i can improve my game like i can get better at this game i don't have to just be bad at it, you know, and and I don't understand why that took some revelation to occur, but but really it was it, it was interesting. And then in Diablo two, I would always ask my friend if items were good. I would go, hey, is this a good item for my class? And eventually he's like, why don't you just figure it out, you know? <laughs> so that that was also very pivotal lesson that was learned. Like you can improve yourself, you can decide to to actually become better at the game you're playing. Uh, whatever that that avenue may be with your question in mind sure there's different there's different paths and and I'll definitely explain my business but whatever that path may be you can max out the level you can master that that particular class um the the businesses that I'm currently working in I have a dog training business and that's kind of my main MO if that makes sense I I'm really transitioning out of dog training, though. I'm trying to focus on the podcast that is uh, the one that you were featured on, the Millennials Almanac. But that's actually an umbrella corporation. I'm doing air quotes while I say corporation because it makes it sound like, <laughs> you know, like umbrella or something from uh, from Resident Evil. Uh, but, you know, I, it's going to be a content creating corporation so we're we're also working on a, a physical fitness show right now where we're going to apply all the lessons that i've learned from running a dog training business to lifting weights eating right creating healthy habits that will last while you try to become physically fit um that is where my attention is laser focused right now it, it, it's with what you know the topic of the show is <laughs> it's definitely a side quest uh there's there's a many other side quests that i'm constantly i'm always like putting the feelers out right like right now transitioning away from dog training uh trying to sell that business trying to get the physical fitness business going continuing to interview and edit and market and do all the stuff for the podcast i've got a automated coffee business in the work where we're going to do like a you know bento box or like a bark box like a, a service where you just pay us monthly and then this box shows up and you've got a bunch of caffeinated products mm. um i am rambling like i always do but uh, <laughs> no no that's okay there's yeah the other one is a tabletop channel where i think it's going to be called filthy casual by the way and uh we're going to be doing tabletop games 40k kill team um but basically it's it's designed because i think that the pandemic is unfortunately going to keep boiling for a little bit and my mm -hmm. goal with this one is to give people who enjoy tabletop gaming uh an experience where they can they can like hang out with people virtually if that makes sense yeah yeah because like tabletop as at its core it's like a physical 
um it's an activity that you do physically with other people like you guys gather on a saturday night and you just you guys just you know play your campaign and i learned this from a previous guest that i interviewed um, because she was all about tabletop as well and that's amazing that you you got to conceptualize all these things and i'm i'm just amazed because there's so many different you know like you said side quests that you have going on and what I noticed is you sort of know that there are side quests for you. And when it comes to RPGs, a quest will always be there for a character to, to complete. And why do you think it's important to know the difference between a side quest and a main quest in the first place? Well, the main quest is always going to be those things that you don't want to answer. Um, I was just talking to my girlfriend about something like this last night where... You know, we we are in the process of transitioning to other, uh, basically making one of these other side quests our focus, right? Um, the main quest question that I had for her is, if you never had to work again, what would you want to do? Mm -hmm. And then corollary is, if you had to work for the rest of your life, what would you want to do? The main quest questions are, what is it that Isa who is Isa? What does Isa want to do with her time? What does Isa want to do or what does Scott want to do with their productive part, right? So the side quests are different from the main quests in that the side quests level you up. The side quests, they're there for you to gain that experiential knowledge that enables you to go through the main quests easier. So I'll use a Final Fantasy analogy again. Uh, in Final Fantasy IX, again, spoilers or whatever, <laughs> uh, there's these there's these bosses called the Waltzes. And uh, there's like three different Waltzes. The Waltzes are these very difficult bosses if you don't play the game correctly. And the first time you encounter one of these things, it kicks your butt, if that makes sense. So what you can do is, and what I always do when I play Final Fantasy games is I'll just do like every side quest available and I'll do call do what's called grinding, where you just mm -hmm. fight random mobs over and over and you level up. If you do that, the first time you encounter this waltz, you just wipe the floor with him, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, right. So side quests enable you to just kick the crap out of the boss without it being too much of a problem. If you don't do any side quests, then you can still beat the game. You can still finish your main quest, but you're going to hate your life the whole time. I mean, you may not, maybe that's your thing. Maybe you like things to be ridiculously challenging, but side quests to me enable you to complete your main quest. And main quest is Scott wants to sail around the United States on a sailboat for a year. Okay, that's part of my main quest with my dogs and my girlfriend and my cat, and we're just on a big 50-foot sailboat just sailing around, you know, seeing things. Maybe we sail around the world. That would be the second boss in my main quest is circumnavigating the globe in a sailboat, maybe alone, maybe with others. Uh, owning a home or having a farm, having a sanctuary for animals, that's another part of my main quest. Being financially free completely. Another part of my main quest. Side quests are these other ventures that I've been talking about that enable that main quest to happen. Mm -hmm. 
the more I side quest, the more each boss, the the sailboat, the farm, whatever my next part of my main quest is, each one of those components is far easier to to acquire or it's easier to beat that boss if I'm side questing. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. Like the image that I have in my head right now, as you were explaining it, it's like you have this ultimate goal and you can imagine it as like this big circle or a big square. And then in order to achieve that ultimate goal, you sort of have to break it down into these milestones and each milestone you hit is sort of like its own side quest and when you hit more milestones you are now able to like accomplish that goal um to like it's to like it's 100% uh ability if that makes sense and I'm curious now because like in in the context of gaming you know a lot of people complain about the, the games that have side quests and the side quests are just like, oh, fetch um, 10, 10 pieces of meat, gather 10 pieces of wood and then bring them back to the NPC. Like a lot of people complain that those side quests are completely unnecessary. And so based off of like what you just shared, do you think that there are, you know, some side quests that aren't necessary? Well, you're never going to know when you're starting a side quest if it is going to be 100% relevant. Sometimes when you do side quests, you get special items. You get a big pile of gold or something. Or you get, uh, like if I'm talking about WoW, you get, I do not remember the name of these types of quests, like a chain quest or something. You get like the next little piece of paper that you right click on and it sends you to the next person. Um, I think what you're describing is a sort of modern phenomena. You know, I'm only 33 years old. I'm not like some ancient dude, but uh, in my mind, I'm an ancient dude. You know, uh, the phenomena that's occurring is that people don't want to work for delayed gratification. They don't want to understand that there's this process that occurs. I think on our episode, I was talking about gardening and how you plant a garden, you water it for a while, you make sure that birds and whatever aren't eating all your plants. And then several months later, you've got a vegetable garden that can feed you for the winter. Mm -hmm. We want to plant the garden the day before we have to farm it for the winter. And that's not how life actually works. That's not how happiness actually works. We've been raised in a society where, or a global society even now, where you get what you want right now. Like it's just, you click on it, you click the Amazon button, you click buy, and it is at your door in a day. Uh, you cram for the test the night before. You're able to make it all the way through institutions by cheating and cramming and not really learning anything, if that makes sense. So... You know, I'm getting a little too esoteric here, but in the gaming world, you find the same thing. You know, people just like like I'll use World of Warcraft, for example, people will pay money to max out the level of their character. Mm -hmm. They just pay like 60 bucks and they get a level 110 character. I don't understand that at all. The whole point of the game is to experience that leveling like it sucks. Trust me, I hate no grinding sucks, <laughs> but you get to level 110, you're like, I did that, you know, it's an accomplishment. So to answer your question, the side quests 
matter almost more than the main quest. Like the side quests are where the monotony of life or the main quest gets lost. Because it, it, the other thing is, if you only focus on the main quest, I don't think you'll ever achieve it. You, when we're talking metaphorically about life, obviously you can you can pound your head against the wall when you're playing <laughs> games like Final Fantasy Tactics or or Mass Effect. You know, you can you can you can get through life with or the main quest with just the basic items and basic level and all that stuff. But it's making maxing out paragon or renegade or getting all the achievements and all the random stuff that's in the game that actually is the fun part if that makes sense so uh to, to answer the question the side quests they definitely matter um they matter in that they prepare you for the main quest and it gives flavor to life like Yes, you're not get you're not completing the game as fast as you would if you skipped all of them, but completing the game isn't the goal in my opinion. It's enjoying the game is the goal. Wow, completing the game isn't the goal, but enjoying it is. That's actually a great point. I was um I was talking to another podcaster a few weeks ago. The topic sort of revolved around speed running and we sort of, you know, ended up with the same conclusion that, yeah, you could go super fast and you can accomplish things, but it won't necessarily matter if you completely forget to pay attention to what you were doing at that time, like the whole journey that you went through. And that's really beautiful, the way that you worded things out. And I'm really curious because the way that you've been explaining things, you definitely know what your side quests are and why they're necessary for you to, to accomplish. But was there ever a time in your life where you couldn't really figure out um, which side quests were worth your time or were worth you know, looking into? Absolutely. And I would say that even now, I still can't give you a solid answer on which side quests I'm currently doing are going to be the ones that liberate me from monotony, if that makes sense. Even though I am not in a monotonous life currently, it's very hard to say uh, what sort of parameters are going to be necessary to determine if that side quest is going to be uh, successful or relevant to your main goals. What I will say is, is that freedom, happiness, uh, control over what's going on. Well, those things are all independent, by the way. If you try to control everything, you're never going to be happy and free. But uh, the, the thing is, you don't know. You have to embrace not knowing in order to succeed in this environment. I have no idea if my podcast is going to make me exorbitantly rich. I have no idea if the podcast network is going to be successful overall. I have no idea if my side businesses that I'm currently starting are going to be successful. But what's the alternative? I think back to when I worked in an office. I, I had an office job back before I started training dogs. This was probably like eight years ago now, seven or eight years ago. Uh, and before that, I worked retail. I was a retail person for Apple. And then I worked retail for Microsoft as well. I was like a technician and salesperson for them. And at that point in my life, it was just, okay, I just wake up and I go to work and I make money and I use the money to buy stuff. This is, this is life. And I ended up going down to Florida, 
my dad has Parkinson's disease, so I was trying to help him out. And that's a whole other long story we can talk about on another episode. But while I was down there, I went down there with, you know, a, a big chunk of cash that I had saved up and basically sold everything I owned. And I didn't need to work. Uh, Florida is much cheaper than Washington, D.C. is. So I went down to Florida with with, you know, a good amount of money to the point where I just didn't have to work for a long time. and. While I was in that process of just, I would just garden every day, I'd read books, you know, I'd play video games, whatever, you know, whatever I wanted to do, I realized that I didn't have to just go and grind for eight hours a day. Like there was another, there was this other thing that could occur. And I also found a dog. And and when <laughs> this happened, the cascade of oh, I don't know what this dog is. So I went and I got a job at a rescue. The guy who was the director at the rescue. He saw that I was like interested in life, if that makes sense. I wasn't just like, oh, I'm here to get money. Mm -hmm. I was just interested in learning stuff. He taught me everything he knew. Well, part of everything he knew. I later went to apprentice with him a year later up in Pennsylvania. But what happened was I was given this random skill that was like outside of the retail office worker path, and it enabled me to own my job. So like you go to a normal job, someone else owns that job. They tell you what to do. They give you the directions that that you will follow. And it went from that happening to me now making all of the decisions. And that's where this side questing thing really came into fruition. I became a dog walker, for example, and I would just I just took clients on. I I had a Rover account and I had my own website and people would contact me. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'm my boss. I could work or I couldn't work. <laughs> uh, basically at one point I was working like two hours a day paying all my bills. And then I spent the rest of the time playing World of Warcraft with my <laughs> girlfriend. And, and in that aspect, that's where this whole side questing analogy or perspective came out. Cause I could just go, okay, today I'm in a side quest next week. I'm not going to side quest. I, I got to choose what I did, it was like liberating because I now had control over my time, over how I made my money. The detrimental side or the con to this was now I had to actually think about things. <laughs> I couldn't just show up at a desk and click buttons and take phone calls. Mm -hmm. I had to like think, okay, how am I going to have more clients in, in six months? How am I going to be in a place where I can take a vacation. How am I going to go do these things I want to do? Oh, I have to go find more work. So I, I don't think I am I answering your question here? I think you are like, you, um, what was the question again? The The question was Sorry. like, was there ever a time that you didn't know what your oh, side quests yeah. were? The answer is yes, <laughs> absolutely. I had no idea. I mean, you're never truly going to know what the right side quest is. The point, again, is to do them so that it makes the main quest easier. Right, right. Whether or not it's the right side quest is the wrong question, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier, like, you you started doing these side quests, or let's take it to your, let's, like, use your businesses, for example. You're starting to create these businesses without 100% knowing if they will really succeed or not. But at the same time, you're still willing to try them out. Like that's the side quest. That's the point. And so um, you mentioned delayed gratification earlier. Like why do you think a lot of people still struggle with, you know, accepting or 
being open to the idea of delayed gratification? Complicated answer. Um, I would say it's twofold. One, it's an unintended side effect of, I don't want to say capitalism, because <laughs> I'm, I'm not opposed to capitalism. Uh, it's an unintended side effect of consumerism, mm -hmm. where everything that you could possibly want is available to you. I mean, for the most part, if you're listening to this and like some war torn country or, you know, like I, I get that there's caveats to that statement, but for the most part, you can go to a grocery store, <laughs> you can go to Amazon, you can go to all these places and get instant gratification for whatever your desire currently is. That is not how human beings actually evolved. We talked, I believe, in the post edit of that episode about how we used to be hunter gatherers and now mm -hmm. we're, we went to agrarian society and then we went to industrial society and now we're in like the postmodern society. Um, human beings evolved to be reinforced from the hunt, from the tribe, uh, getting together, stalking an animal, you know, planning on how to catch this thing working together to catch it, and then the reinforcement comes afterwards. There's no way for us to escape this biology, right? That is what will bring fulfillment. It will be drive fulfillment for a human being. It doesn't mean you have to literally hunt, but it means that that process of the hunt, whatever that may be, that may be getting a new job, that may be, you know, being good at piano, playing a concert as a pianist, that's your hunt. But you've got to go through that process to be fulfilled. You may, you may just get the animal, but you're not going to feel fulfillment. You'll, you'll have your hunger sati satiated, congratulations, but you're not going to have your internal drives fulfilled, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. the, to answer your question, the reason why instant gratification is what's professed is that it's a much easier answer. It's a much easier thing to say in a 15 second ad it's a much easier conversation to have with other people who are in a similar mental state no one i mean you're not going to get any likes on facebook or instagram if you if you go hey you've got to sit and wait and be patient for what you want everyone's going to go whatever <laughs> uh so i'm just going to go watch the person that says i don't have to do that i'm just going to go follow and like the posts of people that tell me that my problems are someone else's or my the un, the emotional responses i am experiencing are not because of potentially my own actions are not because of my inability to deal with uncertainty mm -hmm. it's other people's fault like that's a much easier thing to experience or feel if that makes sense right so that's one component of it and the other one, I think, is that there's this mentality that everything's supposed to be fun. From very young age, I remember hearing, you know, time flies when you're having fun, or if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. Like these sorts of perspectives, while on their surface are true, what they again don't show or exemplify is that you will not be fulfilled. If you live life this way, you 
may never have to, again, deal with uncomfortable stuff, but you will not feel fulfillment. You will not feel happiness and freedom. You have to do those uncomfortable things. It's just like lifting weights. I, I'm, I'm, I gained a lot of weight during my Florona experience because I was just like eating copious amounts of food with the hope that my body would use those calories to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Now I've got an extra 15 pounds. <laughs> And and I, I hate working out. Okay. I just despise working out. Uh I I wanna have a beach bod, you know what I'm saying? But just like lifting weights, it sucks while you're lifting them. Oh my mm-hmm. god, I'm like my right. there's like spit flying out of my mouth and boogers coming out of my nose and my face is all red and gross. But afterwards I'm like, cool, I can lift the toilet up the stairs or something. Yeah. So it's easy to to seek instant gratification. It's difficult to seek delayed gratification and human beings are lazy i am lazy you're lazy we're all lazy and it's the lazy option is to get instant gratification and you're you're always going to get the base level of reinforcement you're going to get the same reinforcement that everyone else gets which is not fulfillment it's it's not that special thing the special thing comes from doing what everyone else is not doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. I totally agree with what you said earlier about the whole the example you said about social media. Like I would rather or people would rather like follow someone that would tell them, yeah, this isn't your fault. Like you don't have to do anything like you don't have to address any of your issues um, because that is the easy option. Like you could easily ignore the negative traits that you have and you could just let them continue on. And the real difficulty comes in when you try to address them, when you try to, you know, dig deeper within and figure out why those negative traits exist in the first place. And that takes a lot of work. And when you said that everything has to be fun, like that, that sort of perceived or accepted mentality that everything has to be fun. It just sank into me now that it's also true. Like when you say that everything has to be fun, to some extent, it brushes off the reality that everyone has to go through, that there are going to be struggles, there are going to be obstacles, and they're not going to be fun. Like you, you can't make every situation fun. And though that does seem pessimistic, that is, again, a reality. There's just some situations there that, you know, you have to accept it for what it is, for how bad or how, you know, disheartening it is. Because when you get to do that, you sort of get a better understanding of the world that you're living in, the real world that you're a part of. And I'm just in awe because with delayed gratification there's this understanding that you're going to have to struggle for a bit. You're going to have to put in a lot more work than you might want to. But your focus isn't on the struggle per se. The focus is on the the fruits, the fruits of your labor that will come afterwards. Like whatever it is that you will reap. Yeah, the main quest. And it really does take, you know, a mindset shift to, to, to be able to understand that. And so as for you, Scott, like when you were already embodying this delayed gratification mindset, what were some things that you constantly like to tell yourself whenever you start to feel, you know, the laziness kick in or whenever you start to want to take an easier route? Like, what do you tell yourself? Mm. 
I don't think I particularly have a mantra that I tell myself. When I was a younger person, I, I, this was like 2010 or something. I had a roommate who was like, he was in his early 30s and I was like 20 or something, 21. And he would constantly, one, be telling me to do all the stuff that I'm preaching to you right now. But he would have these rules. He would just say, oh, rule number one or rule number whatever, right? And one of them was like, I think rule number one was you can't build a house in a day. So if you're looking for a specific mantra, I would say that that one probably is the most critical one that I can remember. Like you can't build a house in a day. You could, but it's going to fall apart, right? You you could cheap out on the materials or whatever, and unless you're the Amish, because the Amish can build a whole freaking barn in a day. I don't know if you've seen that, by the way. It's fascinating. Um, have you? No, have you seen no, that? but I've, I, I'm familiar with the Amish, yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. If if you're bored, go on YouTube later and Google or YouTube Amish building farm. They will in 24 hours build a huge farm. <laughs> it's so cool to watch. They look like little ants, like all working <laughs> together. But that that's sort of at the core one mantra that helps me stay on course. Really, I'm I really I try not to focus on my success as judged or compared to other people. Mm -hmm. um, it's really me versus me yesterday or me versus me today. Me versus the negative traits that I've identified versus yesterday and today. I think that keeping your headspace in the place of this is to accomplish this other thing is really where you've got to start focusing your energy, not how does this specific thing make me accomplish the thing right now? It's how does this particular thing enable the next step to completing my goal? I play piano as well. I'm pretty bad at it right now. But if I want to play at a concert level, I have to first be able to play like chopsticks. I have to first know mm -hmm. my chords. I have to practice the basics of piano. Then I can learn a more difficult song. Then I can learn a relatively difficult song after I learn all the intricacies. And every time I learn something new, other little problems that I didn't know were there come out. Uh, after I've put enough time in, then I can play the concert level. Doesn't matter how much I try to convince you that I'm a concert pianist, if I haven't put the work in and the time in, you're going to know immediately, like, this dude sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. Everything that we just talked about does involve, like, a deep unlearning of things, a deep unlearning of beliefs that we we thought were true and we sort of just accepted because we we were young and we didn't question it or no one else allowed us to question it in the first place. And so for the listeners that want to be able to start this mindset shift towards um geared towards delayed gratification what do you think is like a piece of advice or maybe a starting point that people could you know use to to really understand how to how to further implement this mindset into their lives so my first question to you real quick is, do you know what breatharians are? No. Ever heard of that movement? No. Oh, okay. 
All right, we'll get some controversy here. But anyway, breatharians are people who believe that they just have to, they can live on sunlight and breathing. They don't have, they drink water too, I believe, but they, they claim they don't have to eat uh, and they just breathe and that's how they live. Mm. Um, kind of weird, right? Uh, so anyway, one of them died like maybe two or three years ago, like a prominent one. And I can't remember, it was like from nutritional disease or something. Um, and online, these people will say, yeah, I, I breathe, I'll just breathe and I get a suntan and I live, but it's come out that like a bunch of them, they still eat. Right. Mm -hmm. So to answer, I'm using this analogy to answer part of your question. Breatharians on the internet look like, Hey, they're living without eating anything. That's, that's fascinating. Wow. Cool. But then you find out under the surface that they are eating or they're dying. Unfortunately. Um, the first step in this process is to really think critically about why you feel the things you do like are they just assumptions are they just things you're carrying around with you one thing that started to happen to me when i grew up a little bit was i would start researching and and verifying the things that i thought and said instead of just oh this dude said it to me so therefore it's true first thing you must do is challenge your assumptions you cannot just believe everything you feel if you do, you're going to run into some some bad times. Uh, you have to know why you feel and say the things that you do. Your brain is designed to find comfort and stay there. That is evolutionarily built into you. So the first one is challenge your assumptions. Know why it is you feel the things that you do and back them up with verifiable data. That could be verified by you. That could be an assumption you came to through your own exploration. That could be verified through research of known data. But whatever it is, just know why, why that's the case. The second thing is take a second to pause. We, also, we all live busy lives. We got to work to pay our bills. We have to work to accomplish what we want to accomplish. But with that being said, you need to take a little bit of time and actually do nothing uh that can be done in a myriad of ways if you've got enough vacation time do it take a vacation do it now don't don't wait don't keep putting it off and going oh i'll do it this 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 just do it there's never going to be a perfect time the traffic lights of life are never going to be green all at the same time you must act today that doesn't mean go quit your job <laughs> it just means today start setting up the process that will enable you to have these moments of free time. With me, that's scheduling in free time each week. That's basically setting things up in a way where I will have the ability to have some free time. Quickly, I'll give this analogy. If you've got to do your dishes, you've got to do your laundry, you've got to clean your place, you've got to et cetera, et cetera, so that you can go out with your friends on Friday, okay, or Saturday, because you're working all week and your only days off are Saturday and Sunday, if you don't sprinkle in those chores throughout the week when it's difficult, you get off work and you're tired and you just want to veg out and do nothing, if you don't take care of those little things throughout the week, you're going to have to do them all on Saturday and, and one of two things is going to occur. You're either going to cancel on your friends or when you go out with your friends, you're going to be in the wrong mindset to actually have a good time. 
So really start focusing on the components of your life, the, the aspects that you have to accomplish when it's not fun to do so that later on you can have exponentially more fun than you would if you were spending that free time to scroll on Facebook every day after work. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Because like that, it seems like a mundane thing or like it seems like a simple example, but that's exactly what delayed gratification is all about. It's knowing that you sort of have to, there are some things that you don't want to do right now, but if you do them right now, it's just going to help you you know, a few days later, like a week later, like that's when you'll get the gratification after some period of time. And yeah, that's perfect. I think being able to explain it in um, through simple examples like that, like on a on a daily basis or something that is done on a daily basis, it will really help the audience, you know, kind of kind of get a better sense of this whole delayed gratification thing. And so thank you so much, Scott, for sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for helping us understand better, you know, how we can... I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like, thank you for helping us understand how we can approach our main quest, but at the same time, how we can figure out which side quests, um, you know, we can incorporate. Or at least if we don't know them yet, which side quests we can try out at least. And so I don't know if you've noticed, but at the end of every episode, I like to give my audience or my listeners a chance to like reflect on their own. And so based on like everything that we got to discuss today, what do you think is one question that you would want to leave the listeners to ponder on for the rest of the week? I would say really ask yourself, if you were to never have to work again, or you were to have to work every day for the rest of your life, what is it that you would want to do? And I really want you to focus on what it is you want to do, not necessarily what it is you want to do for for a living. Answer those hard questions that are underneath. Answer those hard questions that other people are afraid to talk about themselves, and therefore you never hear your peers actually discussing them. You are the one, and you alone, who can actually decide what will make you happy. What you do today, the choices you make today, will enable your ability to be free tomorrow. Beautiful, beautiful. There you have it, you guys. We have to answer the hard questions. So thank you so much, Scott. It's been an honor talking to you again. And if you guys want to hear more from Scott, again, he has a podcast. It's called The Millennials Almanac. I'll leave all the links to the social media in the comments below. Or no, I'll leave all the links to his social media and to his podcast in the description box. And this feels like a weird transition point. But speaking of description box, guys, if you didn't know yet, we are celebrating 10,000 downloads. I am super duper grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you guys so much for the support and just being able to help this podcast reach that awesome milestone. And as a way to celebrate and as a thank you, I will be having a giveaway. Um, It just started yesterday. And so if you guys want a chance at winning your Steam game of choice worth up to 2,500 pesos, please head on to the Facebook link that I will leave in the description box below. And so that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great week ahead. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, but also stay equipped.